Hello, ever, 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 everyone. Welcome to the mental realm of existence. I'm your host, Jose Luis Mateo Jr. Today's episode, hello, is it you you're looking for? On today's episode, I will be discussing missed marks and missed cues to realize lucidity within the dream state. I will be discussing a couple of my own dreams. What does it mean to miss the cue? What does it mean to miss the mark? I've discussed in the past how to properly gauge yourself for the dream state. Using mantras, using visualization methods, using several other methods that I've had at my disposal that I now have provided to you to be used at your disposal. If you can recall, I had already equated the common dreamer with a waking two-year-old, right? And I've already discussed the difference between the two being that a two-year-old grows up at some point in time and the common dreamer stays the common dreamer typically for the rest of their lives. When you are learning to catch the cues in your dream state, they can really be anything. The cue can be anything from a side eye that you see from an archetype or an entity. It can be someone trying to seduce you within your dream state. It, it can be you walking down a hallway within your dream state. Personally, for me, I've recently quit smoking. It's been, I want to say it's been almost a month now since I've had THC in my body. And I will admit the, the style and the quality and the quantity of dreams that I've been having, they've, they've gone off the charts. I have found that now all I need is the intent to want to lucid dream. And even when I don't consciously put forth that intent, I've been doing this for so long that the intent is underlying and it just continues to grow with or without me consciously acknowledging it. So I want to get to the first, the first dream. On February 15th, I had this, this really interesting dream. It started out with me and two other unrecognizable people. We were dressed up with biker helmets. We had the black pants. We had the leather jackets. And we also had guns. All right. We ended up going up this spiral staircase to a home. And in that home, we were supposed to steal something from there. And we found like this, this special kind of flashbang that was hanging out on a table. I grabbed it. I told the guys we were ready to roll. One of them planted a bomb in the apartment. And then we make our way downstairs to the surface level. We were one level up. And the cops are coming and they're all starting to surround the apartment complex. I remembered while I was in my dream, I remembered 
that I had forgotten my biker's mask upstairs. The last thing I wanted to do was have the cops realize my identity. So I told my two partners that I needed to go upstairs and find my helmet. They told me that the cops are already coming and that they're going to have to leave me there if I don't come back in time. And they also felt the need to remind me that there was a bomb waiting to go off. To which I said, okay, I can make it back in time. I did not absolutely make it back in time. As a matter of fact, I was trying to go upstairs into the apartment and it blew up. For a second, my first person view became a third person observational view where I went from being thrown back into the staircase to seeing these two guys get on their bikes and fly down the street. Meanwhile, the entire place is surrounded now. I leapt over the staircase. I ran down the block into like a food market kind of place. I go inside and I tried to be inconspicuous as to what I had just done. I knew that the cops were gonna search the area and I knew that they would probably find me because I had not been able to get away on my bike, right? I ran down the street. So I figured the best place to hide was in the ceiling. And the best way to get there was from the bathroom. So I casually walked over to not arouse any suspicion. I go into the bathroom and I go into the first stall that I see. I start stripping down my clothes and somehow the bathroom stall opens while I'm standing, not sitting, standing on top of the toilet trying to climb my way up. My view then went from first person to third person. I was looking behind the eyes of someone else who had seen me standing on top of this toilet butt-ass naked. I then turned around and my view went back into my dream body. I looked at the guy and I said, what are you doing? The bathroom, like, I'm in here. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were in there. Oh, he's naked. Why are you naked? And then in my head, I'm like, you piece of shit. You're gonna, you're gonna alert the cops. And as soon as I thought that, all the cops that were chasing me are now inside this bathroom and they all got their guns pointed at me. And I'm thinking to myself, I got two options. I can give up or I can take my butt naked ass and try to scale the, the stall and get into the drop ceiling and hide. But I knew that if I turned around and tried, they were going to shoot me. Okay. I woke up right after that. You see, there were several marks and cues that I had missed. I was operating with the consciousness that would put me at the level four, where I was right at the threshold. I was making cognitive decisions, but it was in conjunction with the scene. It wasn't a standalone thought or series of thoughts that I had where, hey, I'm dreaming, I don't even have to do all this. It was more of me embodying the persona and, and the mindset of the person who was robbing the place. I, I put my thinking cap on and I thought to myself, what would a robber do without consciously thinking what would a robber do, right? I just, I was just that person. I missed a bunch of marks. Me being with two other people who are dressed up 
in biking uniforms, all black. Us, us going inside to rob a house, planting a bomb, grabbing a flashbang off the table that was supposed to be the thing we were looking for. Like, even as a robber, why would we break into someone's apartment to get one flashbang grenade? What would have been so important about this flashbang grenade? All I knew is that the person leading the squad, who wasn't me, wanted us to get this flashbang. Set the charge for the explosion, went downstairs, the cops are there. I left my biking helmet upstairs. That's another mark. I should. I say I more than should have caught the fact that I did, I needed a biker's helmet. I've been on a motorcycle twice in my life. Why? What? What? What even put me in that mindset? My low level of lucidity did. The threshold. I was tiptoeing along that threshold line. Okay. From that happening to the cops, to me walking into the food market. Why Why would I have gone into a food market? I, I, I gotta tell you, I would make the world's worst robber, okay? You ever seen that, that TV show? I think it's like, I forgot the title, but it's, it's, something, it's something centered along the lines of stupid criminals and the stupid things they do to get caught. I would easily have been on that show and I would have provided talks about it afterwards if they had shaven time off my sentence. From entering the market to trying to be nonchalant, I had to have a certain amount of lucidity to remain nonchalant, right? Because typically, typically when you have like a very the lowest level, when you're at level one and you're going through this, your emotional charge is enough to sway everything that you're doing. I was able to control my emotions enough to have a series of thoughts and opinions pop up in my head and pick which one I wanted, which one I didn't want. But attempting to climb out of a bathroom stall, butt naked, I mean butt naked, but you saw the whole butt when I, when my third person point of view kicked in and I was looking from, from this other dude's eyes from this other dude's ocular receptacles when I was viewing my butt cheeks that that alone that alone out of the entire thing should have been like a what is going on why why who's gonna sneak away from the cops butt fucking naked other than someone who wants the insanity defense for their court trial okay I woke up I woke up laughing to myself thinking, what, what did I just do? Why would I even, oh my God, why would I even do this to myself? You see, I, I missed marks and I missed cues, but I remained with a certain level of lucidity. I was, as I said, right at the threshold. Now that shows growth because six years back, I would not have been able to catch that. I would not have been able to coherently try to finesse my way out of the situation, even if it was the worst possible options. That, like, life did not have robbing in store for me, okay? I know that from this dream. Let's go on to the next dream. Here we go. This one, this one as well is, is interesting. So I wrote here that I drank 
a little the night before. This is this is uh, February 19th. I didn't drink just a little bit, all right? I drank quite a bit. I had an interesting dream about some kind of advertisement that allows a projection of someone to appear from a coffee mug or something like that, and they can do things for you, kind of like an Alexa. We had several of them in the house, and later on as a treat, me and my family went on a vacation where we were at an exotic location. I say that because we were watching a water show and they pulled out this blue iridescent shiny shrimp. I don't know what it was, but that shrimp made me feel some kind of way, and my family started making fun of me for it when I told them that it was making me uneasy. The shrimp was small enough to fit in a palm. After that, we went to the bathrooms and I ditched my family because they were still making fun of me for being scared of such a small shrimp. Later on, I found a random slide that was cut into sections that went off the side of the building and curved downward. And on the lower level between the first and second split of this slide, there was a there was a food vendor there that was selling these shrimps to eat. People were taking the slide down to this level to get in line to eat this shrimp. I don't know what it would have done to me, but some black lady and her son there were trying to cheer me on. They were trying to get me pumped to eat the shrimp. When I went down the slide, it went from a sectional split to being a curved split right off the side of the building. The weird thing is, when I went down this slide, it curved into like a pyramid kind of kind of diagonal uh, sectionals. There were these large bolts that were holding the slides down. And after I realized that this uh, these sectionals were curving off the side of the building, clean off the side of the building, I thought to myself that the only proper way to get down to the lower level was to grab onto that, that bolt that was holding the, uh, the slide in and to catch each one going down. So I caught them. I grabbed the first one and I let go. I slid right off the side and I maintained my calmness and I grabbed onto the bolt for the second slide. I got in line and the vendor was trying to hand me the shrimp and they were asking me how I wanted it. I told them to cook it. I grabbed it and I left it on the side of the building and went looking for my family. When they finally saw me, they started making fun of me again and even more so this time when I told them that I left the shrimp on the side of the building covered in napkins. I went to go get another but I woke up before I could. When have I ever seen a blue iridescent shrimp? A nice shiny shrimp with one claw. It, it, the shrimp had claws with one claw bigger than the other. I, I have never seen a shrimp like that in my life except in my dreams. When, when the dreams started out, just the fact that there were coffee mugs that could project people from it like a hologram and they can do things for you like fill up the cup or turn off the lights this was like an all-inclusive ai virtual reality kind of alexa thing this that alone should have caught me i should have been like what 
is going on here, people? But I didn't. We went to this exotic location. We went on we went on a vacation and we were looking at this water show that was going on where the people were introducing the shrimps. If you were in your waking state and someone was like, hey, let's go down to the water show today. They got this giant tank with all these tiny ass shrimp they're gonna pull out for us and show us what they can do. <laughs> you going or not? Nah? Cause like, I'm just gonna look at you like you've taken way too many drugs because you find this tantalizing. Yet when I was there, I couldn't bring myself out of it because the curiosity was holding so much sway over me. I was allowing myself to transition through the scene, going from level three lucidity to level four to lucidity. I was going from the threshold back down to the threshold back down, all right? When my family started making fun of me about being scared about the shrimp because I leaned over and I told them that shrimp is making me uneasy, they all started roasting me for it. That, that should have been another thing right there. Yeah, my family has in conjunction roasted me before, but it's always been, you know, because uh, funny things like this. I then went to the bathroom. We all went to the bathroom. I ditched them, and I found this, this slide, this segment slide, going off the building. And people were taking a slide down, the, the first slide down to the lower level. In my waking state, I've never seen something like that. Uh, patent pending on that slide too, by the way. You ain't taking my stuff. People, I, I should have I noticed. I should have picked up on that. But the excitement of wanting to take the slide and the, the, the need of wanting to challenge myself because I, uh, I used to have a very debilitating fear of heights. Now, not so much. But just wanting to challenge that fear of heights locked me into that level. When I was uh, when I was going down the slide and I realized that, hey, this actually tips over the side of the building and somehow everybody's making it fine and dandy, but you're not. I thought to myself, grab onto that bolt that's holding the slide because the bolt was big. I could wrap both my arms around it, all right? Big bolt. I thought to myself, let go, catch the other one. And if I got to go further down, let go, catch the other one, let go, catch the other one, let go, catch the other one. In the back of my head, I knew I was dreaming. In the back of my brain, or my mind, or whatever, in the back of this energetic structure I call a dream body, I acknowledged that I was asleep. But I acknowledged my curiosity to the scene more so than I did my wanting to be lucid. And this, this led to me also, again, being locked in place. When the vendor took the shrimp out, he held it in his hand. The shrimp was just looking at me with these black little beady ass eyes. I should have caught that because the, the the shrimp is, is blue and shiny. It, it's got claws. And I'm in my, my dream state, I had the thought, I've never seen a shrimp like this ever in my life. That, that right there, as a lucid dreamer, that should have been it. All these cues, all these marks should have been caught. 
I'm not going to sit here and say, well, it was because I, I fell asleep drunk. Because it is and it isn't, right? I've noticed that when I go to bed inebriated, I have the subtle thought in my head, the subtle thought, the subconscious subtle thought that lucid dreaming is going to be more difficult because in my waking state, I'm still inebriated. And if it's hard for me to focus in my waking state, it's going to be even harder for me to focus in my dream state. But in past episodes, I've revealed to you guys that I've had a lucid dream while falling asleep or when I fell asleep hammered and how when I realized that my waking body was drunk, my dream body reacted the same way and everything got all warpy and everything got all right. I revealed this to you guys. And this is basically what happened. This time I didn't realize that my waking body was inebriated or anything. I just carried the thoughts of it being difficult. I subconsciously carried those thoughts into my dream state. And I held myself back. That's what we do each and every night. We don't realize our lucidity. Each and every night that we bottleneck our stream of consciousness... We dumb ourselves down and we go with the flow instead of breaking the current and breaking the cycle. We just go with the flow, yo. Before I go into other people's lucid dreams and their missed markers, I do want to talk about one lucid dream that I did have. And it didn't, I didn't fall asleep consciously gauging myself for the dream state. I, I fell asleep sober. And I just, I just knew, I just knew, okay? So this one is titled, hold on, should I get a voice? <clears throat> February 8th, 2023, 0944, the search for a Dakini. Now, Dakini is a Tibetan word meaning teacher. I don't know if I'm saying the word right. I pray I am. But this is what happened, all right? I was at a house party and it was packed. Everyone decided to take the party into the basement and I was in the living room with a woman and a guy. Just from being in that living room, I knew I was dreaming. There was something about that living room and this guy and girl that helped me. I don't know if it helped me realize I was dreaming, but just the fact that everyone was at that party on the first floor and they all, oh, there was a lot. There was like 20, 30 people there. It was packed and they all went downstairs except for me and these two other people. Somehow, from just standing there in that room with the two of them, I realized I was lucid. Now, after I became lucid and everyone was heading downstairs, I remembered that stabilizing my dream body has been difficult in the past. And I remembered reading recently that sticking my tongue to the roof of my mouth helps me stabilize my lucidity as well as gain a surge of energy. So I stuck my tongue to the roof of my mouth and I felt my energy body power up. 
I started calling out for a Dakini, which is a spiritual dream teacher. When I was saying it at first, I was saying Dikani, Dikani, and I realized I was saying the word wrong. The word is actually Dakini, and I was just shouting around the house. I went I went from the first floor to the second floor shouting out Dakini and I passed by a bedroom and I saw the curly-haired woman consoling or, or holding the guy that I had seen. And I'm screaming Dakini. I at this point I, I've learned that in this in this book called the tibetan yogas of dream and sleep that you do have the ability to locate and seek out your spiritual teachers so when i became lucid that was my goal i wanted to find my spiritual teachers the curly-haired brown woman kept trying to get me to quiet my voice i lucidly asked her if she knew where the dakinis were and she said yes she'd take me to them but that I have to stop asking so loud or others will hear me. She was with that guy and I said, I'm going to look for my teachers. I guess I'll see you again in the second detention. Now, I had said it as if I both knew what I was talking about. I took my eyes off of them for a second and when I went back to look at them, they vanished. As I'm walking around upstairs, I went into another room shouting Dakini, hoping that someone would hear me. And when I turned around, the guy that this curly-haired woman had been consoling was standing in the room in front of the closet looking at me in a confrontational manner as if they, as if they wanted a problem. I felt this vibe from him and I, I assumed he was an entity. I put my right hand out and shouted, You are banished! And he disappeared. I walked into another bedroom looking for her and still calling out, Dakini! I had caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and it looked as if I had a black COVID mask covering my face. My reflection was obscured and it kind of looked like an undead reflection. Knowing that my own image is obscured in dreams, I paid no real mind to it and looked at the bathroom and the rest of the upstairs until I went downstairs. The first floor was empty and it was dark. I decided that I wanted to see what was in there but I couldn't find the light switch so I rose my hands to the air and said, LET THERE BE LIGHT! And at first it wasn't working. I remembered that I have to absolutely believe that the lights can be controlled by me and when I did, the room gained some luminosity but then fell black again. I did it two more times, believing the scene will change and on the third try the lights came on. I don't know for how long but they were on. There was some kind of half circle on the ceiling where the light was coming from and some kind of arrowhead inside of it or something. I looked around the living room, 
around this giant circular dark bluish couch. I saw in the corner that there was a door and I figured it led downstairs. There were over 10 steps leading down those stairs and when I got down to the basement, everyone was still there. It kind of felt like a casino kind of gathering. Everyone was around each other playing something. I still couldn't see the woman that I had saw earlier, but I didn't think she was there anymore. I called out Dakini and no one seemed to care. Then the right side of my jaw was hurting. And every time I shouted out Dakini, it just started hurting more and more as if there was a a hand smothering my face and trying to get me to stop yelling out that word. I figured it was because I fell asleep on my right side. And when I intended to change my head so my dream jaw wouldn't hurt so much, my waking head turned and my essence returned back to my body. Now this dream is similar to the other two dreams, only in its randomness. Unlike the other two dreams, just being in that home with these two beings was enough to to get me to become lucid. That was enough. That was all that I needed to gain my lucidity. What about this home got me to that point where the other two dreams didn't? I believe the main thing was the void of stimulation. Had I been constantly engaged and constantly doing something, I believe that it would have been a lot harder to actually gain the lucidity that I needed in order to realize I was dreaming. This dream is profound in itself because of the ability for me to retain my lucidity the fact that when I went upstairs and I went into this other room and I was still shouting out Dakini, this entity had popped back up and it was looking at me as if it wanted me, as if it wanted me to stop, it wanted me to like submit, it, it wanted me to be scared and I did not allow that. I had a dream recently that I was in a pitch black room and there was it was like a classroom setting and I was looking at everybody and in my head I thought to myself I better get out of here before someone notices that I'm awake and as soon as I thought that the last person it was like a bald tall white guy he just turned around and he stared at me like he knew that I knew and the emotional charge had enveloped me so much that I ended up back in my waking state in my bed with my heart pounding. This time it wasn't like that. This time I went around to different rooms. I went to different floors of this house and I was looking, purposefully looking for someone, for something. I believe that the lack of, of getting that aha moment where I was dreaming stemmed solely from me being 
not stimulated in the dream state that much. If the other two dreams had gone a little slower, maybe I would have caught the fact that I was dreaming. I personally used to get really bad anxiety when a lot of things were happening at once to the point where I didn't want to think and I just wanted to go with the flow. And evidently, I'm still dealing with the blowback from that because, as I said in my dreams, when there's a consistent movement and, and things are consistently happening, I'm more so interested in what's going to transpire than what I can do consciously about it. So even as abstract as it is to try to climb up in a ceiling butt-ass naked or eat a blue, shiny, almost glowing shrimp that had claws, all the other factors that were involved somehow made it okay because the theme of these dreams was me being challenged and me being oppressed in some kind of way and it's it's self-oppression okay it's it's me thinking that i am sitting here and i i'm 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 fighting an uphill battle so rather than fully realize my myself and my lucidity i would rather go through that battle and i i'm still working on that in my waking state and it's been helping a lot to go through these kind of dreams because now I get to choose option B instead of option A. Now when things are in a consistent flux, I'm able to say, hey, hold on, perate. what the hell is going on? I don't want to get caught up in the sway. I don't want to get caught up in the flow. I don't want to get caught up in this. I wholeheartedly believe that me and the rest of humanity have this issue. I believe we all developed FOMO for life. The fear of missing out on things. We all have developed that insatiable fear where we have to go with it, where we have to try to make the best out of the opportunity because if we break away from these things and try to take a breath, we're going to lose out on what's in front of us. And in reality, in order for us to start having that work effectively in our dreams for us, we have to make sure that it stops affecting us so heavily in our waking state.